Welcome back to the Zero Weakness Podcast, where we talk about how to be a better lifter, how to be a better coach, and everything in between. Make sure you subscribe and enjoy. We've got a really special episode of the Zero Weakness Podcast here with our... Me, the big boss dog, El Jefe Tombro. I got Jamie Buziotis and the king, Jamie Smith from Melbourne Strength Culture. Stand up. Uh, yeah, I just want to, before we start, I just want to give the boys a massive shout out. Thomas has known this forever. There isn't many people I genuinely look up to in the industry. Like I can name Thomas Lilly. That's my mentor. That's my brother, William Crozier. And then it's literally you two boys. Uh, Jamie Buziotis and Jamie Smith. Literally, I've followed you guys forever. Uh, I froth everything you guys do. I've literally looked up to you forever. So this is like a really surreal, like full circle moment for me that I get to rub shoulders with you guys and call you guys my peers. Thanks, man. So that's, for me, this is really like, gone. I can't believe it. I can't believe I fucking got to film uh, Hectic Eats with you boys. I can't believe, I still can't believe I was on your podcast. Um, that's fucking, to me, that's nuts. Like, you know, I'm just a, just a small town kid, uh, you know, doing big things. No. <laughs> Welcome, boys. They're they're on the international clout tour. Tell us about this. The cl- yeah, tour of the clout. We're calling it the Queensland Clout Tour. Um, we're just trying different things. That's literally the crux of it. We we see a hole in the market from a content perspective in our industry. When we look at the people we admire in America, we don't think that there's anybody sort of hitting that sort of stuff here in Australia. And we're like, fuck it, let's just do it. Part of that is traveling. Part of that's putting ourselves out there a little bit more to get ridiculed and be called bloody sellouts or whatever but who gives a fuck we're doing what we want to do and we ended up in queensland so yeah, yeah. i think it's it's essentially just having fun and talking shit that we people that with people that we really like and that was what i was saying to james a little bit earlier like i am super pumped up after this like just being around thomas being around yourself and and being around will mickey luke lehman like it's just been an absolute trip so far and it's been a trip to me like to be able to do something like this and it's i, I think it's fucking going well what do you reckon yeah it's been really cool it's been really <laughs> cool like I've, I've obviously had the opportunity to do little things like this in the past with just the business and where we're at unfortunately the the two years in covid uh put a halt on pretty much everything obviously we're in melbourne as well so uh, we had goals and aspirations with like seminar stuff, which we will bring back. And I traveled with Charlie. We did Queensland and Sydney. We did Sydney twice for, for those sort of things. We wanted to do more of that. Um, and then it's just sort of shifted and it's cool just to be able to take Jamie. We'll get Didier on one of these. We're all, we've, we've started securing some guests in Sydney. So we'll move there and, and, and do some stuff there as well. But it's just they're fun opportunities. At the end of the day, we just want to have more fun with work. Like that's you- the crux of it. Do you think the lockdowns and COVID really unlocked this side of you, like forced 100%. you to pivot and then now you've ended up in this direction? Uh, I yeah, think so. Yeah, you want the grey, the grey stuff. I, I think so massively. Like, so we, we'd plan to do it. So obviously if you go back on the Strength Culture channel, you'll see it's a lot of more informative stuff. Like it's just more informative it's stuff. It's real like three three points for this or three ways to, to chain or start tracking, cal- like real just like. Yeah, yeah. Information. And then yeah, it yeah. was like it was Jamie started the channel and then obviously myself and Didier came on and like, is it just going to be informative? My brother came on as well. And then we filmed two videos in the gym. I think it was like two videos in the gym. In and the old we, gym. Yeah. And then we locked down mm-hmm. and I was like, fuck, we've just started this. Like how are we going to keep some sort of ball rolling and at least not go insane through lockdown? Obviously I was living at home with my brother. We took a camera Charlie had a camera, so we started vlogging. Like, should we just 
go that way. And these videos, we joke, whether it was because of the editing, whether it was because of the overall mood of just Melbourne lockdown, we've just peak winter, it just hit. It was just sad. Like, it was just a sad scene. Like Donnie was like, filming them in, like, pretty much grayscale. Yeah, like the, the videos just look great. Depression. Depression in, in YouTube format. <laughs> but they look great. They feel great. But... It's so cool looking back at like just the change in quality. Like Anthony wants to delete him. My brother wants to delete him. He's like, fuck those videos. They look shit. It's like a reflection on me. It's like, nah, man. Like that was fun to me. Like it was really fun. It gave us something to focus on. And it's just so cool to see evolution and effort and constant tinkering with it to make it what it is now. And I'm not saying that it's perfect or anything like amazing now, but it's going to continue developing. And I I do think that COVID forced me to get out of my shell and start to develop my own focus with training, whatever else, but us to start to develop a strategy and, and actually push that going forward. And yeah, I, I've got a lot to thank for lockdown as fucking horrible as it was. I oh. know Jamie's probably a bit more scarred because he had to run a fucking business. No, it's the best. It, it's one of those things in, in the moment trash, but mm. looking back on the best thing that could have happened for us, it forced, it gave me the opportunity to step back from coaching properly. Um, it was something that I wanted to do, but, I never really just jumped in. I sort of like dipped the toe metaphorically of like pulling back on coaching and all that. But then it really gave me an opportunity to be like, actually, you know what? This is sort of like a reset for us. And it forced me to start to view other revenue streams as things that we need to begin to develop for long-term growth of the brand. Um, Cause uh, like we, we go back and forth. Like, do we want more coaches? Do we want to expand our team? Um, and we just keep coming back with like the four of us, we have the, the chemistry and the fun we have and like the meet, like even just the meetings, our, our chat, like we just get each other. Mm. And it's like, I, I honestly just want the four of us and I'll pull Donnie in that now, the five of us to be in 10 years time, we're still rocking together and we've just grown a bigger business that's not just coaching. Mm. So it, it forced me to be like, how can we do this? Content moves up. How do I monetize the actual physical gym more? All of a sudden, that move makes sense. Let's make this place look cool, look sexy. Let's push social media. Let's make like like all like all these little things that we wanted to do. Now we're starting to do partnerships with brands and stuff. Like all these things are available to us, which never would have been because I would have just kept grinding away. Sort of like oh, I don't want to be a coach. What's the what's the plan? Like so, COVID was COVID was the best thing that could happen. Just um touching on there, I want to talk about uh Donnie Buziotis. So your younger brother, like yep. he's obviously played a huge part in uh, pushing your brand and pushing the envelope and what you guys do. I just wanted to, you know, get a little bit of a backstory on how that started. Because um, I don't know, for, for our, all our listeners, uh, like I said, Jamie Buziotis' younger brother, uh, Donnie Buziotis, he's in charge of all the social media, all the content for you guys, and he does a fucking incredible job. He's a weapon. And uh, on top of that, how much does being that jacked play a part <laughs> in producing the content? Why is he perfect? <laughs> oh, yeah, can, we, can, we cut Donis? can we cut that out? He won't want that. He's <laughs> <laughs> humble. You're in my world now, Donnie. <laughs> um, Donnie's a... I call him the most talented person I've ever met. I, I honestly, I, I, I mean that in every sense of the word. There, there is nothing that I ask of him uh, that he's the first... If he doesn't know how to do it, he's like, oh, yeah, give me a week. And, he, like, and a great example of it, he, he wanted to learn how to do 3D... Rendering. Rendering. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I sort of know Photoshop and Itchpig made this fucking spinning logo thing with like this light glisten on it. And Donnie's like, do you reckon I could do this? And I'm the type of person where I'm like, all right, I'll just go and learn it. You'll learn something that's viable for us. Mate, 
personally, I'm like, it doesn't really interest me. But if you want to, and a week later, he literally created this logo that was like spinning and shit. And he's like, oh, I learned that. That's a pretty easy yeah. thing to learn. I'm like, man, what the hell? Like he, <laughs> he just, he's just one of those people. So initially when we go back to like the COVID thing, we hired a different guy. Um, and I sort of had a loose connection with him and I was going to bring him on as a subcontractor. And then the COVID, the COVID, I said it again, but COVID knocks the plan straight out. Like COVID comes in. I'm like, man, we don't know what's going on. I just can't do this contract with you. I'm sorry. Like, uh, like I just apologized. And he's like, I've made one video, like at least look at that. And we, and we'd made the video and then Donnie was just training. And he's like, I could do that. No experience. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, you reckon you could? He's like, yeah, man. I'm like, all right, here's my camera. You got a month, make content for us. And he's like, all right. And just did it for free. Started filming shit. And these videos were like crazy. They were just like, they were like entry level sort of, but it was like so much higher than what I could do. And he just taught himself. And that's been the process the whole time. I'm like, hey, Donnie, you want to, you want to start taking over Instagram? He's like, yeah, I could do that. And then just goes and learns it. Oh, hey, Donnie, like uh, we want to we want to do like these sick edits in our little videos. Yeah, I could do that. Mm. We we do the thing with Itch Pig, and all of a sudden he's like brand dealing with their brand team and and all of that, and he's like collecting stuff from them and like putting our spin on it. And he's like, I'm like, all right, crazy. He's like, what's the next step? And it's just like that's literally mm. been the evolution of it. He's just everything he does. He's been like that for so long. Yeah, like he he hates anyone knowing about it or telling anyone about it, but he produces music. And he's signed to a label and whatever else. And the way, like everything's self-taught and uh, like I'm I'm out of home now, but I've obviously been able to see his development from so young to now. And it's like, it's like relentless. Like he's just there and he just keeps going at it and at it and at it until he figures it out. It's definitely something that I don't have. I've got a, I've got a story (laughs) on that. So he, yeah, he, he produces music and my partner also works for herself and has a podcast, Laura. And she was like, Oh, I want to do this. Like uh, it was called Superwoman vibes. It was just the first iteration of her podcast. And I'm like, Oh, Donnie could help you be like the podcast manager. And she's like, all right. So then I'm like, Donnie, would you do this job? And he's like, yeah, I'll learn how to be a podcast manager. So, but, and then he, he, Laura said, oh, I need like a, a funky track at the start. And Donnie's like, oh, I'll, I'll find something for you. A week later, he produces this like 30 second clip, but he made the song. <laughs> he actually made this like upbeat, feminine, sort of like poppy, like little, like manifesty, glistening piece of music. Yeah. And Laura was like, he fucking made this. Like he didn't just pull it from a, a website or whatever. He literally just made this track. And I'm just like, this is the type of kid he is. He just fucking does it. Like, I'm it's crazy. Fucking, yeah, I'm going to cry, man. It's, it's he's a weapon. He's a fucking weapon. I'm proud weapon. of him. And I, I, I've made posts about it, but he breathed, in that period of COVID, he breathed new air into what we were doing and completely deviated the way and the potential that we can actually, it's, it's the best. He's, he's, the, he's the king. It's funny how you said he, you know, he doesn't like being talked about. He's quite a humble oh, kid. Suck a dick, Donnie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I've already told about 50 people about Donnie. Like even I'm fucking, I'm so impressed. And even meeting him, he's such a, he's such a good kid. Even he's though I'm fucking only like seven years old. Always though. got a smile on his face as well. I, I love those stories though. Like for, mm. for me, the, the kind of thing I live by in the back of my head when it comes to looking at people in my business who have potential or looking at people who uh, have potential that I'd bring into my business. I, I live by the mantra of like effort is the universal currency of success. Like even CJ asked me the other day, he's like, he pulled me aside after we had spoken on the podcast. We were speaking about how I've got like a, a bit of an intuition with people and that's how I select my stuff. He's like, yeah, but why me? And I'm like, 
I, he made me go away and think about it. And I'm thinking, well, effort is a universal currency of success. And CJ got the job in terms of all this stuff because he was putting in the work for making our podcast shitloads better, making our Instagram better, making everything look nice. We never asked him to. He's just like, I can do that. Yeah. It's very similar, you know? Yeah. And so, like, the, even hearing you guys talking about, like, how the evolution through COVID, you're going to look back on, uh, you know, the times pre and post. And if that effort is consistent, it's just the growth will be e- exponential. Oh, mm. No, it, it, it already has been. Like, the the bounce back from COVID has been crazy. And, yeah, there's been a few big moves. The gym, obviously, was a big step for us and, and moving that. Um, and then the, the Donny content shift was a big thing. I think us as a team, because we got through it, we sort of like, no, we want this to be fucking long-term. I think all mm. four of us have sort of identified that, that we can really make it a really solid long-term play here. So there's been some big things. But in terms of like all the objective business numbers, like what we're doing We've never felt growth like this. So mm-hmm. for all the people that say, oh, you bloody clout sellouts, like bad luck. Yeah. It's only going to get worse. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, bro, don't, slow down. Make your business worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. Like, it's business. And I, like, I feel like I can speak from my experience as a staff member employed beforehand, like to be brutally honest, in my first couple of years working at the gym, I personally didn't see a future because I'm like, I'm not a powerlifter. I'm not in a powerlifting gym. I'm not in my own skin or whatever else and it, it, i was just like oh maybe uh, this isn't for me maybe i've got to find a different career or whatever and i feel like there was a defining like it was, i don't know remember i forgot the specific moment but it was almost like all four of us had like this one unified goal and vision to do something and that's why i was like nah i'm fucking here i'm fucking here for the boys and like it was i don't know i feel like from that point on it, it really sort of clicked home like, of australian strength training that that's was what, it that's what we say like it. we said it yeah. we say and we've put we've put it around everywhere like it's a, it's one of those goals where it's like no one no one's ever going to fucking label you give you a sticker no. of home no. of australian strength training but it's just like that's what we're working towards mm. yeah like we want to be respected in the circles of people that know what they're doing yourselves will crozier all the other guys in melbourne um and but then also like maybe slightly a step outside of the strength world like snc world as well like athletes authority core advantage like we want those gyms to to, to speak mm. really highly of us mm. and anybody that's coming into the industry at the grassroots level when they ask or oh, who should i follow where's good content strength culture pops up like we just want to yeah. be like and for us it's we just label it we want to be yeah. the home of australian strength training. and it's never, never like it, it's never like we're the home we're number one it's like what are the qualities of a place that would be deemed the home of australian yeah. strength training mm. we want to embody it's, those qualities yeah. we want you know what what makes a gym a home of strength training. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's really what it is. Like like you said before though, when people look at you guys saying things like that or when people hear you guys saying, you know, we're fucking chasing clout and take that literally. It's like, <laughs> it well, the fuck it, the fucking joke's on you. Like, <laughs> yeah. taking that seriously. Yeah. Like we, we say it ironically, like it's a piss take. Like we don't yeah. mean it like they like, yeah, of course we're fucking out for a bit of clout. You know what I mean? <laughs> like we want that rip, son. But no, seriously, like, it's it doesn't mean anything like that, and I think it got past that point of really care. like we still do care what people think in some respect. But we want to be ourselves. But we want to be ourselves, and if that means taking the piss and then copping it for it, then so be it. Because yeah. those people that do think like that, they're probably not worth your time. It's, it's like, so it's annoying because everyone on social media is doing that. Mm, yeah. Why would you post and aim to get followers? Yeah. You're just saying that you're doing it. Yeah. And you're saying it facetiously anyway. Oh, it's there's like, so much fucking satire. It's uh, just like, 
everything's fucking working that. though. Everything you're doing work, like, yeah. and you're saying, you know, you want to be recognised as the the home of strength training in Australia, and you want, you know, people to be saying who sh- who should we follow. I feel like that's fucking happening. Yeah, like we, it's working. Well, as I said, 100%. like all all the metrics that we value objectively from both business and sort of reach or social, they're all moving in the direction that we want at rates we haven't seen before. So, yeah. um. I don't get yeah. it though. Fucking everyone's got goals. You, just, yeah, you say it out yeah. loud and you're, oh, you're a fucking dog all of a yeah. sudden. Oh, it's well, like, shit man. happens. Mm. You are a dog though, but- I'm a right. dog. Yeah, I'm a fucking- You're dirty Steffi. You're yeah. dirty Steffi, yeah. boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> People don't understand. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, I want to hear more about the, the evolution of the gym, like the change, the move into the new facility. Because I think- um, uh, I think a lot of people externally look at things like competitions or gym memberships and they do the quick maths and like, okay, a hundred people paying this much. That may, this guy's fucking loaded. They, they don't realize how much money gets a spent on stuff that they don't think about as, as, as obvious as things like gym rent, flooring, outgoing, gym flooring, fucking flooring, <laughs> um, all of it, but how much money we, uh, Reinvest, reinvest into the gym, reinvest and the I know you reinvested a shitload of money into that facility. Yeah, um, and so what? What sort of drove you to get to that point? What motivated you to do that? What did the process look like? Like I don't expect facts and yeah, figures, yeah. but no, it, no. Yeah. Um, you want the profit and loss statements? Yeah, yeah please. Yeah, yeah, easy. Yeah. Yeah. I just claim it. Millions. 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 No, no, no. Um, a conversation with Kyle Trainer, who's a business mentor down in Melbourne, and also does some like. I find really interesting content things and the evolution of his own personal brand alongside that. He he quite often drops questions that just fester in my mind. And one of the things he asked was like, what are your best differentiating factors as a business? And it came back to number one is the team, the four of us. Number two was the physical location. I really felt the community that we had built and sort of what we were doing when you walk in and you meet people and all of that. Like people just want to be at the gym. They hang around, they sit down there. Like it's really one of those, Eric Cressy calls it like the third home. Mm. Generally it's it's where you work, it's your family. And then you've generally got something else that's a, a place where you really feel like yourself. Like yeah. we are that, I, I do believe that. And the people that identify with Strength Culture, the brand, when you come in there, I feel like you get a feeling of that as well. So that were the two big differentiating features. So then- that conversation towards the back end of COVID now spurts content direction with be yourselves, more of that, go hard on it. That's the team thing is our number one asset. Number two asset, how do we make this physical place better? And it was, I was lucky enough that in the COVID period, I made, I'm not gonna, I made really good money from a mentoring thing that I, that I kicked off. I actually didn't enjoy it that much and that's why I've taken a back seat from it. Um, but that money was available to me to then reinvest and I'd put every darn dollar straight back in and that's where that all came from. Mm-hmm. So I sort of, I view it as like that was a that was created to potentially help this main thing that we are doing. That's how I view it now anyway. Um, so that was sort of the, the decision to move uh, make it a little bit different. Again, differentiating features, I think, from a business perspective are important. So we just sort of played on that. All right, Eugene Teo's got soundproofing in a private gym. I'm going to put soundproofing in a semi-public gym. Like, it's still private, but the ceiling's done. The walls are done. All of a sudden, we can film better content in there. The music sounds better. It's got more of an atmosphere. You don't get a headache when you're in there for too long. Like, it's just a better feature. Um, I'm like, oh, how are we going to make this huge white wall not look like a huge white wall? I hired an interior designer. What can we do? Oh, that marries up with this soundproofing paneling that we could put up, and all of a sudden, it looks a bit different. Oh, we've got to put our logo here. How can we do our logo slightly different to the normal gym? 
all right, let's put a fucking steel mesh wall up, have the logo popping off the front, put down lights on it. Like it was just all these decisions. Like what can we do that's slightly different to every other gym in Australia? Because mm-hmm. every other gym is very similar. And it's not a bad thing. It's just like if we want to be different and, and sort of stand out, we've got to do some slightly different and stand outy things. And that's where all that came. That's why we've got the light tracks. I don't personally like the light tracks. Members love it. And I know when we run a comp, it's going to look crazy. Yeah, big It's time. going to look real cool. No, the light tracks are mad. Yeah, the light tracks. They are mad. We position the light tracks as a joke, like in On front the of the mirror, deck. down low, and in, in the pec deck. So when you're filming, like it just looks better. Like just li- little things that's like that. That's not a joke. That's fucking science. Yeah, <laughs> like just... And- the in, introduction of mirrors, the god of the pec deck. You said this. You said this on 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 uh, on our podcast, which is up. If you want to go and listen to it, I highly recommend it. But um, there's a little plug, little clout. How do they find it? Uh, YouTube and please subscribe. Link number below. one, number one in hearts, number one in the charts. But um, we're chasing number two, baby. <laughs> but um, the the mirrors. That was a decision. It was like the old gym. We, I'd always, because again, I came from the, the, the Cressy style of like S&C work. It's like, it's not, it's not a bad image or anything like that. But I was like, if we want to, if we want to attract more people that that is important to them, we've got to put some fucking mirrors on the wall. Mm-hmm. So the mirror placement near the roller door. So it's natural light, like little things like that is just like, they're, they're, they're tuned decisions to do those sort of things. Yeah. So that's sort of like how that that step was made yeah mirrors are funny because uh, i you know uh, it was almost a selling point for a while the fact that we don't have mirrors like because mm. we could be like you know there's no egos people aren't looking themselves and checking themselves out and at one point i, I remember training at i think i was at ruchi's gym and they had uh mirrors it was pc perth back then and i was like fuck mirrors are actually fucking sick uh and i'm like how do i justify getting mirrors in and i'm like maybe if i just tell everyone like it's good for looking at shoulder imbalances and stuff like <laughs> so i got these mirrors in and like anyone who says that they're doing tricep pushdowns and they're not looking at their triceps under mm. the lighting at, at the, you're a liar leave my gym like well, that's <laughs> that's what they're there you're for. watching them grow I, I don't know if you've noticed my shirt only comes off now when i'm on my fourth set of lateral raises absolutely you know it's tactical though you know i gotta we pump take off the pump cover it's game okay. over oh it was my first session that's why i didn't get my top off first session in zero <laughs> i was like maybe maybe it's no, don't be shy. It's yeah, morning. It's quiet. The gym's yours. <laughs> yeah. Go for it. Mikasa sukasa, brother. Mikasa sukasa. <laughs> oh, that's 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 really cool. One thing I love about um, what what you guys do in general with your content, what you've always done, and and um, I followed you for a bit longer, Jamie Smith. <laughs> You're both Jamie. Yeah, it's weird, um, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I followed you for a bit longer. Is that? Um, I'm very shy with social media. I've got a weird cooked philosophy on my social media and that's why I don't really post anything. I'm always having these internal battles and you're not shy to basically post your entire journey through everything that you're doing. And whether or not you realize this, it's probably been a massive inspiration to way more people than than you think. I get people reach out. Yeah, Yeah. including myself. Like a lot of the big changes that we've made around the place have been because of what you guys have done down there. And when James came on board and started drawing my attention to you guys more and more and more, I mean, like some of the stuff that you'll see around here, this is a direct influence of what you guys were doing with your content. And what I'm hoping that we do is not copy you and do the same thing, but use that inspiration to provide all of Australian strength training with a better quality of content, better quality of training, better quality of gym. Same thing when I walked into your gym and I saw that fucking sign and saw the lights and saw everything. It's like these people are actually caring about the environment and it's not for you. It's for everyone. Yeah. Um, And like you say, every, every, strength gym in general is pretty much the same Same. because we're copying each other or we're inspired by each other's models and it's like how do we elevate that so even things since going there that 
that sticker sign on the, that's coming off. We've got a big light up sign coming. Big Crazy. light up sign Fucking coming nice. back here. Like we're gonna make changes to continue to elevate. You reference Eugene Tio like that. Oh, why can't we stand out for me? Why can't we yeah. all have gyms that look as sick as that? Like, why aren't we providing that for people? Yeah, there's a lot of cost and everything involved, but if we can work towards inspiration like that and just continue to raise the quality, fuck, strength training in Australia is going to go to a whole new level. And it's mm -hmm. because of front runners like you guys sort of pushing that boundary and and saying, what are we doing wrong? What's the hole in the market? So that's my next question. You mentioned. There's this hole in the market and you guys have uh, on the podcast we did with you referenced a few of the people that you look up to content wise. Who in Australia do you think is doing that really well? Like I know that you've identified there's a hole in the market, but if you were to point out the people that you think uh, people can continue to draw inspiration from and continue to chase each other and push the boundaries and, and raise the envelope, what, what sort of stuff do you look at? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the, the two names is Eugene Teo that jumps out uh, probably the most, I think just the way he, uh, just everything, the quality of just everything that he does, like, like little things that some people wouldn't notice, but like lighting, um, like framing cameras and all of that. Like you can tell he, he cares about all that stuff, which to us is now starting to matter. Like how, how's the audio quality? How's the visual quality? How's the lighting? All those sort of little, little bits and pieces. Um, from a personality driven standpoint, I think the person that's done it the best consistently is Seb Orb. Like he just, he's not afraid to be himself. And the funniest thing is like, he's obviously gone through like the, the thing. And I actually, I've been messaging him because we want to get him on the podcast and it, it's going to happen. He, he messaged back, back yesterday, but Damn, I look, happening. yeah, which will be cool. <laughs> Manifested he's, it. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> but he, um, he, I look back at, you know how in Instagram you can see some of the things you've recently chatted about or whatever. It's like three years ago. It was when he was in hospital and he made this post about, I'm in hospital. He was like overseas at the time. I don't know what happened. No idea. But he's like, the reason I'm getting it is a penis reduction. And he just like <laughs> ran this running joke of this penis reduction is yeah. the reason my wife is not happy. Like we've been putting it off, but it has to, um, um, like that just encapsulates the whole thing. It's like, he did a tutorial in the hospital of how to eat a banana. Like just, <laughs> just like things like that. He's Q and A's and he's like, oh, I, I, how much sleep do you get? I aim for eight hours, but if I'm having sex with my wife, I get seven hours and 58 minutes. <laughs> like just, just like these little like things. I'm just like, like that personality, I think is just what makes him and what he's done. And then you layer on top of like the people is like Thor, what the fuck, man? You're, you literally just trained Thor, like a fucking mountain of a man to, mm -hmm. to break records. And and then he's done like fighters. And it's just like he just... I so he's got the work. He's got the body of work to back it up. But then he's also taking the piss out of himself and just yeah. not having him on that pedestal. I think a lot of... And I think just the way it's going now, it's like a lot of trainers, like personal trainers, like we are personal trainers at the end of the day, take themselves too seriously. And that was something that I struggled with massively. And when I was doing that, funnily enough, I wasn't getting clients. And also job fulfillment, I feel like for all four of us, wasn't there as well. Yeah, well, that was why I transitioned from doing, chasing the high-performance sport dream and working within sports teams. It was like I was at strength coach. I, Jamie was my coach, and I just we were talking about the system. I'm like, I, I can't be myself at all, and I just feel constricted. It's like you can't wear those shoes. You can't wear that tracksuit pant like and it's like man fuck man I, I just want to be comfy <laughs> when i'm talking to people trying to make them feel comfortable and if i don't feel comfortable i'm probably not making the person that matters most feel comfortable mm -hmm. you know what i mean and, and a, a big part of that is yeah if you feel good 
in what you're doing, you're probably going to do a better job for your clients. And that was a big part, uh, I think, in, in seeing that change, especially for the social media strategy. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. I'm just going to be myself and take the piss out of everything. Um, and then still obviously show I coach people. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like I'm still coaching people and that's still my bread and butter. But I'd rather have fun doing it and, and be myself. And I think that works better as a business strategy and bring clients in yeah. than being a dick. Exactly. The the uh, the more job fulfilling you have, the more comfortable you have, the better you sell because you mm-hmm. believe in your product and you fucking love your product. That's yep. what sells. Like, exactly. and it's, also, it's not you, even about the I, script. It's about the love. I think you move away from like a scarcity mindset as well. For and sure. you go into a lot more of like, actually, you know what? Those people aren't good for us long-term. Maybe we do move away from that direction a little bit and you, and you no longer, like it just, yeah. I think it's all just a psychological sort of evolution, but. I don't know. We just seem to be finding something. I think that's um, why I gravitated towards you guys in the first place because you guys were normal guys. You guys weren't yeah. fucking... You guys didn't put yourselves on this pedestal. You didn't talk down to people. You guys were just normal people. So for me uh, in this industry, as someone who, you know, at the start I thought I didn't belong in this industry. So for me seeing people like you guys, I was like, fuck, these guys are, these guys are it. Man, I don't even fucking train anymore, man. <laughs> like I'm, my training has been shit for three years, but everything's just... Like it, it doesn't matter. Like you yeah. just yeah. You so you couldn't work on that pec deck though. Ah, uh, the pec. I maxed the pec deck. Jim pinned it. Yeah, like clocked it. Clocked it. Clocked it. Boys, he's going to be able to give the biggest hugs, oh. strongest hug at strength culture. <laughs> Isn't it so weird how people get so threatened by that? Like mm. so threatened by just putting yourself out there and, and being yourself. It's like no, 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 no. You're breaking the mold of my precious little industry, and mm. I want to keep you down here on this level. And you're trying to change it. No fucking way. That's why people get so so much hate. The only industry that it happens more in is Egyptology, but that's uh, oh that's yeah, a, that's a different podcast. We'll talk about that. Have you ever time. been? What's that? Egypt. Yeah, oh, I've never been. I would Egypt. love to go. Oh, the people that believe in the uh, the sort of um, I, I, I'm assuming this is what you meant, but there's like two trains of thought with what happened in Egypt and how it sort of got developed. There's like the the mainstream idea that it was post jesus or whatever like the jesus era however whatever that looked like yeah not that it was jesus but those time frames and then there's this other school of thought which is like no this was way before anything we've conceived of what humans were capable of and it's similar to any like high level it's like think of sports science right if you if you go against the grain in sports science you're just an idiot and you get shut down by the by the majority in egyptologies like that it's like you cannot say that the sphinx is older than five thousand years they like cancel you yeah. They literally like cancel <laughs> geologists. They'll end your career. Yeah. Wait, if you were saying if it's AD, like after Jesus, or if it was- No, no if it's Egypt after the, the, the accepted time frame of when it should have been possible for humans to build things like that, where it, it, it there's evidence now that it's like 3,000 years earlier than that. Or yeah. Much or even, yeah, yeah 10,000. If you want to hear more about this, tune into our Zero Weakness History podcast. <laughs> yes, uh, absolutely. First episode uh, releases next week, AD. Yep. Yep, the episode two is about the aliens. If you want to, if you want to learn more, Graham Hancock is your man. Well, that's oh, what I was going to say. Yes. I was about to say, isn't it aliens? Aliens did the, the pyramids. Well, that's one of the. That's one of the. Yeah. Done. That's what I'm going with. Andrew Schultz actually has a Cancel really. Me. Andrew Schultz has a fantastic joke on. Uh, he's like, there's also pyramids in Mexico, but no one questions the Mexicans because they just work harder. <laughs> it's, it's just assumed. It's just assumed that they could make That's it. Right. But, but the Egyptians, nah, it couldn't be the Egyptians, man. It had to be aliens, all these other forces. And but the Mexicans, no one questions the Mexican. There you go, timeless. You, it's so funny. universal currency of success. Effort. It's timeless. <laughs> Crosses all cultural and time boundaries. But you talk about people that are like content and all that in the 
industry. I actually don't even look in the industry anymore. I'm looking at people like Andrew Schultz and their snippets. And I'm like, these snippets are so goddamn funny. How the hell, like the, the way they do the subtitles, the way they frame and like move in and out. And I was going back and forth with Donnie and, and he's like, oh, I'll take that off you. Cause I was doing it. And you look back two weeks ago, they were trash. And then we did the muscle doc <laughs> one, which went viral. That went crazy with Joe Rogan, but he just consumed and again, it's just Donnie being Donnie, but he, he consumed Andrew Schultz's strategy and just projected it on out. So like Andrew Schultz, the way they do that, um, the the Full Send Boys, I don't know if you follow it. The reason we traveled with the podcast is because the Full Send Boys, and yeah, they've got endless cash, but they just bounce around America going to guests. I don't want to do Zoom podcasts because it's fucking shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can't get any Looks connection. Shit, you can't. Shit. I'd rather just spend a couple thousand dollars, come up here, film with five awesome both businesses, individuals, companies, whatever, and just do that. Like that's going to be a better product. We're going to have more fun. It's cool. It's exciting. It, it's just, again, like, so I look outside the industry. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Cause no one's going to go back to rewatch a fucking Zoom video podcast. Man, I hate it. We did one because we had to with the USAPL stuff. Great content and all that. But I actually sat there. I'm like, I don't want to do this style. We will not do a Zoom one. I will not get Mike Isretel on a Zoom podcast unless we can do it in a fun way. We actually want to try do it with Bryce Krawcheck from Calgary because we know from his end, It'll be hard he'll be able to film some yeah. different things and we can piece it all together and actually make like a, a cool Zoom, mm. if that makes sense. But we're not just going to do a Zoom podcast. It's not. We're just going to pump Australian content. If that's what it has to be for now, that's what it's going to be. Until like we, we manifest that trip to New York City, baby. We're going to ma- we, we will get to America. Top I know of, we will. Top of the rock. And we will literally just film content in America. It's going to happen. And someone's going to pay us to do it. I just know it's going to happen. <laughs> so that's the that's the goal. Manifest. Throw it out there. Yeah. Hunt progression. Fucking oath, man. It's just first, different. The first, the first manifest is we need to get it. Or not the first because there's been plenty, but the next one. Before America is a helicopter to the top of Crown Casino. <laughs> and I, I want uh, As a hectic gate, it's yeah. a buffet in Crown. And I want to get designer tracksuit for it. I've <laughs> never bought designer anything, but I just think there's something so fucking just hilarious. <laughs> it's just hilarious. Is there going to be any bling with this? Oh, no. Nah, the fair. designer tracksuit. We don't make We're still, <laughs> strength, we're still strength coaches. At the end. We've already quoted the helicopter. We know what it would But that's why it's fucking hilarious. Because we're, we're near. It's not that much. It so. would be that crazy. Right? Two grand? Less. Yeah. That's yeah, less. Yeah. One way. The, the plan is to go one way and then get the train back. <laughs> yeah. Just to juxtapose. <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah. is the helicopter <laughs> literally from the river? No, it's from it's from Moorabbin Airport, yeah. which is around the... It's three minute drive from oh, the gym. Sick. Yeah. And then to the top of Crown Casino and then go to a buffet and get the train home. That's literally the plan <laughs> for our our year finale. Whether or not we actually pull the trigger on it, but No, no, no. The trigger will be pulled. Yeah. <laughs> it will be. The, the clip's gonna be empty. Full clip gone. Pull the trigger, bro. Gone. Yeah, I can't it. wait to see that. That's gonna be good. I love everything you guys yeah, do. And if it's not designer, it's matching tracksuit of some sort. Some Kappa. Sort. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there's six seats on the so we can take one new one other person. So we're just gonna take someone completely random. So Mr. B style, grab someone off the street. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And we'll give them the designer tracksuit. <laughs> right, and the, and the keys to the helicopter. Mr. Beast <laughs> is another one who I just look at and I say, how can we do whatever the fuck he's doing? Weapon. Wait, it's so a different weapon. Is he Le- based in Melbourne as well? No, Mr. Beast. Uh, no, no. American. American. He's uh, North Carolina, I think. But just what he does, the way he does it, the attitude towards growth, the attitude towards reinvestment, the attitude towards aiming for something far greater than him as an individual, like those sort of qualities, what can we do with that? So he'd be another one that I put in the Andrew Schultz, the full sand, Mr. Beast, like those guys, even Joe Rogan to a, to a point, like unapologetically himself. 
or apologizing against some things, but uh, and for good reason. But um, unapologetically himself, just talks about the shit he wants to talk about, and like it's easy to say like, oh, it's, he could do it because he's got fifteen million views a week or a month or whatever it is. But it's also like, but at some point, he had one episode, yeah, and he started with a flashlight sponsor, a flashlight sponsor with Audrey Audrey Marcus, but Aubrey Aubrey Aubrey, Aubrey Marcus, Aubrey yeah. Marcus, but um. Like at some point, he was just a fucking. He just sat down with a mic, talked shit with his mates. Mm. Yeah, so I don't know. It's cool. Mm. I was on a rant there. Thanks. <laughs> that was guys. good. No, I was just listening. I was soaking it all in. Tom, bro, you got anything? Yeah, I was going to go back to. I was going to go back to powerlifting, like you mentioned the the chat that you had with um, USAPL, and obviously, guys are getting involved with that now. Um, I don't want to talk specifics about federations or anything like that. I'm just curious. You know, you spoke through some of your vision with your content with your gym. What's your vision with what you plan on doing with powerlifting? Yeah, um, we again, what can we do for differentiating ourselves from the general powerlifting comp? <laughs> Uh, we look at stuff like the, what the Ruchi's doing in WA and we're like, how can we sort of like the stream? How do we make the stream better and learn all that? We can use our cameras and all the other stuff that we do, like make it make it at, in some capacity at the back end. Like we know that lifters enjoy social media and, and posting things. Like how can we how can we do something like that? Use Donnie and, and all of that sort of thing. Like we're not sh- exactly sure. We just want to do things slightly different, elevate a little bit. Um, we think that powerlifting comps generally are boring. Like, I think that's a general consensus. Like, you spoke about your first APU comp and there was three lifters or something. Like, it was that's hell a, on earth. That's a fucking joke. Like, for mm. multiple reasons, that's a joke. But also, like, how is this the level that we accept for the sport? Like, mm. it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, so I, I want... I think we can really elevate things and make it more exciting to be there. Like, we've, we've discussed, like, we want somebody to have a clothes store in our, like... Ultimately, Itchpig, we haven't approached them, but we'd love for them to set up a store inside the gym because we know that their brand and our brand sort of like just little things like that. Just like bringing shit that we love. We like can, clothes, we yeah. like good food. And if we can get that going, it's an added element to enjoy of enjoyment yeah. to a competition. We want to. I really want to do like a late night one, um, like make it a spectacle event, just a small like 20 lifters or something, but yeah. really like hopefully piece people together and, and, and create high level competition and actually have like a... It's like catered and there's like, like just like little things like that. We've got these ideas and thankfully within the framework of USAPL, we can, we can make those moves and do those things. I don't know where it's going to end up, but again, we just want to, what's the general thing? How can we differentiate in positive, productive ways to make our stuff cool and, and almost like a highlight? It's funny because I, I wanted to talk about that on this episode as well, my first experience with the powerlifting comp. Um, so obviously when I got into powerlifting, I was real fucking hyped on the sport, talked it up big time to everyone. Yeah, I'm competing in my first meet. You know, be there, it's going to be fucking hectic. <laughs> and uh, so I prepped for this meet, you know, talked it up, posted it all over Instagram. And um, I got to the meet and there was seven or eight of us competing. I invited like 10 members of my family and friends to come watch. Uh, so there was eight people competing. My family got there. You know, it was it was fucking nothing. It was literally mm. an empty gym. And they got there like, oh, this is what fucking James has been talking about, talking up for the last six months. And it was so bad that they had to, because it was only seven or eight of us, they had to, instead of just being lifter after lifter walking out to the platform, they ended up giving us like a four minute rest yeah, in between each lift. The rest bite if it's less than 10 and lifters. That was the most embarrassing part because I was just watching my father-in-law staring at me, cracking up laughing. <laughs> like I was, With an empty know. platform. Yeah. That, and the funny thing is, 
Powerlifting is so niche. No one knows the rules. Mm. Ultimately, people just don't know what's going on. Why are they coming out again? What's going... Why is there a break now? Like, it just... What is happening? How's the scoring work? Like, they would have no idea. Mm. And why is there no one doing <laughs> anything? <laughs> why is it just stopped? Yeah. It's like, a t- someone's called a timeout. <laughs> Coach's huddle. Yeah. yeah. So, that's cool that you talk about that. Because, like, for us that are involved in powerlifting, we obviously see the... We only see... Well, our comms here, our comms here are fucking hectic. Yeah, hold the phone for a second. Have you told them what happened on your squat? My squat? Nah, nah, I haven't. Okay. Uh, all right, let me run Please you through t- this. Take the floor. <laughs> so 2018, it would have been the first time I've squatted 200 in sleeves. So when I walked out, I already had, a, I envisioned in my head what I'm going to do. You know, so I walked out to the platform. I was like, let's fucking go. Went and fist bumped everyone around me, literally. I was, it was like a WWE event. I was fucking walking around <laughs> fist bumping everyone. The back spotters, side spotters. I was like, let's go, baby. Let's go, baby. I was like, yeah, let's go. And Edan, one of my boys, he was handling me that day. And he was like, hurry up. And I was like, let's go. <laughs> I thought he was just trying to G me up. And then I fuck, walk out with 200 on my back, walk out, still fucking G'd up, screaming. And then I time out. <laughs> <laughs> Never got to do the lift. <laughs> so the buzzer went off and I just had to walk it back in. <laughs> Oh what shame. Yeah, and like like you said, like my family, my friends are in the crowd like, oh what? What was that? <laughs> you know, trying to put on a bit of a show for the family and uh it didn't it didn't go my way. Not at all. Yeah. That's so good. That is incredible. <laughs> but yeah, like how how do you make powerlifting more accessible to people observing and looking and all that? Like I that's why the expos are fantastic. Because mm. those things like the Pro Raw, even when PA used to do the Melbourne Expo, I never went to the other states, but those events like ultimately you can't do them all the time, but how do you maximize when you get an opportunity like that to maximize that and get a huge crowd? That's why mm. I really like the pro raw strategy with granted their fucking air horn things a bit obnoxious, but, oh. but the music and, and making <laughs> it, yeah, making it a little bit more, you look at hybrid and what they do in, in Miami or wherever they are in, in Florida. I don't know the exact town, but um, like, it's just cool. It's mm. like, all right, how do we do this? Like, just piecing those little things. Like, like mm. we don't when we we're gonna do our best not to just run a normal. Um, I think the best yeah. the best thing to think of it because like my I remember my first meet going to like I'm was pretty far removed. I'm like, all right, I'm working in a powerlifting gym now. I should probably go to a meet. And I <laughs> went there, and then I'm like, oh, they're benching now. This is fucking boring. So <laughs> I left for about an hour and a half. Yeah, and then came back. So I think really the ultimate goal would be like, uh, how do we get people into watch? How do we get to stay there and keep atmosphere going? I think that would probably be a good strategy of, uh, you know, what do we do to create a better environment with yeah. it? Because, yeah, people fucking leave. I left. Yeah. and It wasn't just me. How do I go get better food? Because I don't want to eat whatever's here. Yeah, and I think that's probably going to be a big, uh, big way of making it a little bit more fun. My first sanctioned meat experience. So you may not know this, but I'm ex-PA. I started in PA. Uh, I started in novice oh, comps and stuff. And dirty then, dog. Uh, I, I did PA. My first PA comp, uh, there were nine lifters. Um, this was back before raw existed. So oh, there, really? There was no raw category. The weight classes were different back then. It wasn't 93. It was 90. Um, and so people are putting on these weird-ass fucking suits. I'm like, what? They look like idiots. What are they doing? Because they were doing equipped. Um, and the comp was in the um, UQ Powerlifting Club, which is in a scout shed. So you're not allowed to put the bars down... You can't hit on deadlifts. Yeah. You have to like really Control. put it like it's glass. Nine lifters. We got there at eight a.m. and we left at five thirty. Yeah, took so long, and they were all real fucking rude. 
Like, so it, it's no, and that's no dig at like the Federation itself, but it was representative of the culture back then. It was, it was no wonder why powerlifting didn't grow and why it sucked back then for so long. And it's a miracle that people like myself and Scott Watson and Marcus and like the, the forerunners of powerlifting back then stayed in the sport because it was so shit. And it hasn't gotten all that much better. There's just a lot more people in it. And the more that we can do to do stuff like this, elevate our comps, make them more entertaining, have better live streams, have better organization. The other thing, like just like efficiency of comp and making things run smoothly and all of those. So like, I think there's, there's areas that we can all improve in those, those pieces, like just plate loading, spot loading, like making sure that we're actually, because ultimately like the sport itself is fantastic. We mm. all love it. Mm. We can run businesses through it. People literally can change their lives jumping into this and, and, and learning their potential as not just physical, but emotional and mental and all these progressive, the sport is fantastic. How do we show that yeah. to the greater community in more productive ways? Like mm -hmm. that sort of. It's making yeah. it a better experience for all lifter yeah. and spectator. Yeah. Like it's just making it more accessible yeah. at the end of the day, make it more accessible. More people are going to want to do it. More people want to do it. More people are probably going to rock up to comps and actually make it a fucking. And this is and this like, is where like mad. the whole uh, like I I know you and I share the same discussion, but like oh, there's more federations diluting the competition, whatever. I'm just like that's such a, a, a it's such a soft way to look at it. Like, welcome to capitalism. The best comps, the best federation, the the most efficient th systems, the best administrative processes are going to come out on top and. I think there's definitely space for one, two, even three really good federations that are run well and that can be uh, that can really show the potential of what's possible rather than these like bootleg sort of things that are set up and we manually check all members and processes are slow and all that. Like there's no reason that there's so many feds is because they're all controlling this tiny little piece of the market because they're all so poor at what they're doing. Mm. And that's where I'm, I'm looking like I'm excited that all right, APL are going to be doing slightly different rule books, but my understanding is you guys are going to be doing some cool stuff with that and growing it in a slightly different direction and grabbing a different market cap. USAPL, I think, are going to come and do really well because they've got the systems and structures that have been successful in America. They're going to bring that here and show us a new level of what is actually possible when a business is run for money. Like, mm. ultimately, that's what it needs to be doing. Like, it needs to be moving in those progressive ways. So... I, I just, yeah, I think, I think I'm, I'm actually excited for powerlifting for the first time in this little period of what's happened now. The pro raw sleeve event, I think is a huge win for the industry and, and it's going to make things exciting and they're going to make it, they're going to do that elevation mm. idea uh, with a whole new subset, bringing all these new people, the barriers are now dropping them. Like if you coach here, you can't coach there. Like it's actually exciting. Yep. I'm excited for the two or three feds that are now like, all right, let's get this moving in the direction that should have probably always been moving. Mm. I love that you said for money as well. Like if people are so inherently scared of the idea of doing something for money because they inherently think that doing something for money means doing it for greed. It's like, no, because mm. you get the money and you can do stuff with it. Like we just ran a massive comp, 120 lifters. We're taking what profit was left after the expenses of that comp Bought two new Alico racks. Yeah. So next time you come to one of our comps, now instead of having four Alicos in the warm-ups, you got six. 
Yeah. But that's what we're doing with the money that we raise from these competitions. And we want to empower meat directors to make more money from their comps so they can have a higher standard of comps. No more should we be going to competitions and be sitting out in the back room fighting over the best mono or the one mono or the best combo or the one combo and the one good bar and the one set of calibrated plates. Yeah. No, everyone has competition spec fucking awesome equipment to access so that their competition day is the best for them because the lifter is what this is all about yeah it's uh, and and that's yeah obviously coming through the pa uh sort of a lot more top down sort of management of meat directors and competition potential it's exciting for us now to experience hang on there's all these other things that we can actually start to do and use our own flair to to make things more productive and, and more beneficial long-term anyway. So I'm really excited. And I'm happy to say this because not a lot of people understand the financial mechanics of how powerlifting has historically worked. There are several federations that will take the membership fees. That's what the federation makes. Maybe they charge a stipulation for you're running comps, you're going to pay us a very small fee. And then there are federations, and this is how PA operated in the past, where they would pay the meat director a small stipend to run the comp. And that really puts a chokehold on the meat directors in terms of this expansion. So this new model, USAPL, what APL are doing, what a few of the other federations have historically done, which is the meat director pulls in the cash from the entries and then they can use that cash to improve they can allocate it. They can allocate it how they see how they fit. see fit. Yeah. Whether it's equipment like you guys are doing, we probably won't go that route. We'll go the the media marketing strategy and go that route. But yep. you'll see different. You'll actually see personalities and and businesses develop within that framework. And that's capitalism. That's and ultimately what that is. Like it's this idea of it's a free market, and we should be able to freely move and 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 build what we want to build. And the yeah. idea of that only works, like capitalism only happens because people will give their money and people will give their money to the competitions, to the environments that are the best. Yeah. So it's in our best interest to continue to make powerlifting better. It's yeah. a, a win-win for everyone. Yeah, I think we're in a really exciting place. I really do. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I've, I've felt stale for, since 2017 in it. And I think it's now going to, yeah. Yeah, man. Well, we've, um, <clears throat> we've been running for about an hour now, so I think we might wrap it up with a few Q&As. Go for it. Easy. All right. Uh, the first question is, what was your welcome to the industry moment? Booze. Hit me. Welcome to the industry? Yeah. Like, like so when I first started working. Like so a, like a uh, defining moment. Yeah. Right? So this, I drew inspiration for this kind of question from an NBA podcast I listened to. Yeah. So like, for example, uh, Tracy McGrady, his welcome to the NBA moment was, you know, he was in the league and he was versing Shaq. He's like, that's fucking Shaq right in front of me. Oh, I'm here kind of thing. So I want you to, what was your welcome to the industry moment? Oh. Fuck, that's a tough one. Um, man, I honestly reckon like the industry, like I, I did a whole bunch of stuff coming up and like the first one in sort of like if I put my mind to something I can get where I want to be was when I was walking through Amy Park and uh, I f had my first like high performance role because I thought that was what I wanted. And I was like, this is fucking hectic. Like I'm next to NRL players. There's everyone. They're just rubbing shots. This guy's fucking huge. It's mad. Ultimately, I didn't really want to do that. So that was my first moment, I would say, there. And then I'd say the next moment would probably be this week, <laughs> to be honest with you, like this week, because I find they're two separate things, you know? Like I feel like it's just been a culmination of like what we've been doing the past couple of years. Like this week's been Crazy. sick. Like I'm, I've been able to talk to so many people I look up to and like this seems like a huge step for us as a, as a team. And like I'm so 
G'd up. Like listening to you talk and getting to meet you and talk shit with uh, a brother I met over the internet and then like being around Crozier. And like, yeah, internet friend and even Luke Lehman, man. I was shitting bricks when oh, I walked yeah. in. Jamie like, was, look, nervous. I was nervous. I can't wait to recap the back end of what happened with the podcast <laughs> with the boys and fill them in because that was – we rocked up with bags and we're like knocking yeah. on the door. Like we, two full suitcases worth of podcast. <laughs> and we're knocking on the door and they're not answering. And we're like, do they even want us here? Yeah. Have they seen us rock up with suitcases? <laughs> they're like, fuck these guys. Who are these yeah. guys? Like it was just – and he's nervous and he, he, he dropped this thing. I might have to actually take it out of the podcast. But he said this one sentence and it was just like a rambling, incoherent – so and it I'm was like, just weird. I'm my, like, what the fuck did I just In my head, say? I'm like, this guy's shitting his pants <laughs> right there. <laughs> um, that's so good. Uh, defining moment, for, or like welcome, would be uh, the first time I walk into Cressy. Yeah. Without a doubt. Before that, four years of PTing and I didn't feel comfortable. I didn't, uh, I didn't think that that was long-term potential for a career. P- personal training, early mornings, break in the day, late nights, fucking just tired, really not knowing what to do with money. I was making a lot of cash. So I was just throwing a lot of cash at dumb tequila rounds and shit like that. So I didn't think, I'm like, oh, this is just a, something I'm going to do when I'm 20, 21, 22. Going to Cressy and walking into the size of the facility, the quality of the facility, the quality of the team, um, and just being like, this is what's possible. If, if, I, if I play the right moves now and over the next few years, whatever Cressy has built is possible in Australia. So that would be it when I walked in the door there. That's mad because for me, like the first, for me, the first welcome to the industry moment when I felt like I belonged was when I was training Corey Norman, you know, NRL superstar, played state of origin, played X amount of seasons in NRL. And then I got players overseas that say when they come back, they want to come and train with me. I'm like, yo, I'm fucking here. I belong here now. Yeah, fucking know. 100% man. Um, All right. My next question for you boys is, this is from uh, the Barnes brothers. We've got Jack and Jimmy Barnes. They're two fucking mad dogs that train here. Jimmy Barnes. Yeah, Jimmy Barnes. He's a fucking- joke. He's hectic. And uh, they want to know, when are you you re-releasing the Itch Pig and MSC shirts again? We've um, we've had- uh, Jared Powell actually brought it up after the podcast. He's like, how do I get one of these shirts? Um, it, It went- hotter than we ever thought it was going to. I actually was really self-conscious prior. I was like, these guys are putting money into this launch and they're going to yeah, lose stressing it. Balls. I was actually stressing. I was in my head. I was, I was calculate. I was like, how can I position it so that I'm buying the stock off them and then sell it without them knowing like over the next few months. And then I was going to message him and be like, Oh, do you mind if we like pull some stock off and, and, and have it for just our members. And I, I just toyed with it and we didn't really end up doing it. And then we opened the doors and fucking people just started filing in and everything just got sucked. I've never seen the gym like that. It was crazy. It was proper safety hazards. Yeah. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was people Insurance training. policy was not in act oh, that day. Um, and it was just went crazy. And then um, the boys were like, Oh, We've done some of these, but nothing like this before. Like it was, they were also a bit like, "Holy shit, this is cool!" Like we've found a connection and a message that works really well. So we want to do it again. They were open to the idea. We just haven't haven't uh, gone through it. But they're a cool, they're a cool bunch of dudes, and I think it was a really cool process. So yeah. currently, there's nothing in the pipeline, but hopefully, I think the door's still a little bit open that if we wanted to roll it again, yeah. we could roll it again. That was a big moment. That's that was a big. That's one of the coolest things we've ever well. done. It was like, we're not, it's not like, because like, you look at it as like, I'm a coach forever. And like, I love coaching. You know what I mean? But is there something else I can do or something more? That was that. We got to crack open a bottle of red at mm. the end of that. The client had bought it for me because it was end of the year. 
Christmas, crack that open, a bit of Penfolds. We're drinking Penfolds in the yeah, walking around the gym at, with at like, glasses. I had a hundred people wearing our fucking clothes with each pig. It was just a really cool so moment. Good. It's one of the coolest things we've ever done. Man, I wouldn't be I'm wearing itch pig right now. I Man, would not be wearing it so if it cool. wasn't if it wasn't for you guys. It's so cool to see. We see it everywhere. Not mm. that it was from us, I'm just more aware of the brand, obviously. But this yeah. there, especially in Melbourne. Everywhere, yeah. I've got uh, these two kids. I was uh, I was eating dinner after the races with my my partner or my fiance. Sorry, I'll say that the correct term. Still getting over that little hurdle that slips out sometimes. But um, her and her family after the races, and I was slammed. Where like wearing a like slammed. like like slammed on Centre Road Bentley, and these kid this group of kids walk past. There's like fifteen of them. They're like sixteen years old. Two of them wearing itch pig, and I'm like, oh itch pig, and they're like. Yeah, Itch Pig. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, we're doing a collab with Itch Pig. And two of them were just like, what? They got, got their phones up. And they're like, we talk to them all the time. I took photos with them. We're literally chanting down center road. Because <laughs> I was slammed. Fun. And I'm, I'm a bit of an idiot when I'm pissed. But and, and then they both signed up. Now they're training in the gym. And they're like, this is the coolest thing ever. Like, it's just like, it, it, it's just a cool month like crazy yeah. month for me yeah. that's hectic because i've i've always fucking loved clothes i've loved like pop culture hip-hop yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's why i mean this guy fucking that's why my, that's my dog yeah the filipino greek connection but like for me that was like <laughs> that was that was unreal like i was like no fucking way like two of my favorite worlds have collided yeah like because i'm i love being a meathead but at the same time i hate being a meathead so yeah. like for me that was like oh and like it was unreal. And you know, you're talking about effort is the currency of, yeah, you know what the currency of that sort of stuff is? Talk to me. Clout. Ooh. And manifestation. Damn. That's it. We're clout makes it those all things happen. Yeah. All right. My next question <laughs> for the boys is- Clout makes it happen. Three favorite exercises that aren't squat, bench, and deadlift. Lateral raises, lateral raises, <laughs> lateral raises. Yeah. Bias, tries, and flies. <laughs> Bias, tries, and flies. All right. Uh, yeah, these are yeah. quick fire. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> Log press. Oh, <laughs> Thomas, uh, just a little backstory behind Pec that. Pec deck with downlights. <laughs> yeah. So Thomas, where one Saturday we trained, we did log press for the very first time ever. Two Saturdays. Two, yeah, two Saturdays. And then I heard Thomas on a podcast the very next week say, yeah, my favorite exercise is log press. So really, I'm like, no, it's not. We did it for the first time last week. You've never done it before. That's cool. It's got but, novelty. Um, if you weren't in the fitness industry, what would you boys be doing? I've, oh. I've, I've run this thought experiment and I, I land nowhere. I don't have a backup. I, I don't think yeah. I'd be working for someone. I'd be doing something for myself though. Like yeah. I just, I feel like that's just my personality. Nice. I don't know what it would be. It would just be. Dodgies. Yeah. It dodgies. Probably dodgies. <laughs> dodgies. I was saying to Thomas, that's why I got the job stopper. Like I'm fucking, I got nothing else. The what? Yeah. The job, a tattoo on my hand. Yeah. Job stopper. Yeah. Oh, it's, oh yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. The I, neck I, tat's I like coming that. next. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas brother, you're stuck with me. Um, <laughs> job stopper. <laughs> Uh, most influential people. What would you boys be doing? What would you be doing if you weren't in? I don't know. I don't think I would have lasted in, in government work. I'd I'd probably end up doing something creative, to be honest. Yeah. My ultimate dream is to be on stage singing and dancing. I would have chased that, I reckon. Really? Yep. Wow. What sort, of, what sort of singing? It's still the ultimate dream. Anything. Theater. Performing. Performance. Shakespearean stuff. Fucking oath. Wow. You tell me what. I'll have you it. ever run with it? Have you ever tried? I dabble. Dabble? After oh, this, nice. Thomas, can you get on the keys? No. Please? No. Thomas used to give me actually, piano lessons on Fridays. Actually, Meg was saying work. that you're a bit bougie. You got a real expensive piano at home. It's not that expensive. He's a gun. He's a gun on the keys. Yeah. All right. My next question. Uh, most influential people in your careers? I'll start this off just to give you guys. For me, it's easily the boss man, El Jefe, Tom Bro. Uh, I would not be here if it wasn't for him. I fucking... 
yeah, I'm everything. My biggest mentor in life, this guy, biggest mentor at work, work also fucking pays my bills. So I'm, it's uh, pretty I'm really easy. sorry about that. <laughs> um, sorry to hear that for you. So yeah, I want to hear you guys are uh, most influential people in your careers. Uh, my mother, my, my both my parents, but specific my mother. My mother has unwavering support, and I think I've earned that trust in her. Uh, with rolling the dice so many times and just backing myself in. But it's now literally, it doesn't matter what dumb shit I concoct in my head. If I tell mom, she's like, yeah, go for it. Like, let's do it. It's consistent support at every turn. And I think that's why I, uh, a lot of the the confidence or belief in myself stems from my mother. And that belief in myself makes anything that I want to do possible. So without a doubt, my mother, my father as well, um, just literally just a, a, a dad, like whatever, whatever I need, he's there for. Like, as I said on our podcast, he's building a fucking step out the back of our, he's 65, fully retired, but cleans the gym two times a week, like scrubs the floor. He wants me to close the gym so he can clean it better for like a two hour period. He's like, I'd be able to do a better job if it, there were no people here. I'm like, dad, I Gym's can't spotless. just, yeah. Like it's, it's literally like, so my parents, both of them, but my mother for giving me the belief that, She's instilled in me without a doubt. Unreal. Yeah, I've got I got two. I got, um, my mother for sure. I was uh, I was on the rocks there for a bit after just for a couple year period, and I wasn't really on the on the route to making anything of myself. Um, but there was one voice that was in the back of my head that just allowed me to know that I was better than what I was doing that and where I was that tra- that trajectory as a whole. Um, so it's like there was no, there's nothing really there because I definitely fucking wasn't making a prayer. But um, it was just knowing that the faith that she had in me, irrespective, was, you know, enough for me to never actually continue on that path. That's that. In industry, um, would be Jay Smith, 100%. Like just faith, direction, seeing what he's done. Um, and just yeah, just that 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 like relentless push to want to fucking take something somewhere. You know what I mean? Like he gave me a chance off off of a conversation. It was he's like I I he doesn't sound like you're happy. And I've been there doing that and chasing that dream. And and you know I wouldn't have the opportunity to be able to fucking be able to sit here and talk shit with the boys in Queensland yeah. and then chase that further. So yeah, thank you. Props you. in the industry, Christian Woodford would be the biggest, and then obviously Eric Cressy. But Christian Woodford was the person that gave me the sort of the torch. Like head down that path, mate. Go try that. You'll Sick. you'll you'll find your way. It's crazy booze because we we're saying before, like um, these two obviously business owners. These guys are big dogs, but we get to talk on a mic and call it work. Yeah, yeah. we get to talk shit on a microphone for an hour, like yeah. a couple times a week, and this is our work. Yeah, so that's right. what I fucking uh, yeah, it's unreal. Like I'm still in all. I still wake up every day like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, but no, yeah, hundred percent. Chasing dreams, mate. Chasing mm. dreams. That's right. Shout out to your mums. Yeah. Shout out, mum. Big time. Loris is the goat, the glue that holds it together. The yeah. OG goat, Loris. That's yeah. right. And we've got Kung Glue Henny over Kung here. Kung Glue Henny over here. Oh, <laughs> big, on, big on adhesives. <laughs> Just adhere in this place. All right. Thank you so much, boys, for coming Absolutely on. Absolutely Really it. appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, we'll get CJ to put the links underneath. We don't have to go through all that. Yeah. Uh, give us five stars. I'm just stealing Jamie's lines now because... Uh, yeah. Number inspired. number two in your hearts. Number two in the charts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, um, a, just a bunch of number twos. 
<laughs> I don't know. Getting around know. it. <laughs> uh, thank you for having us. We really do appreciate And thank you just for, for being so welcoming of us this week. Uh, we obviously had a really fun steak dinner yeah. the other night and we didn't fit in, but we made it ours. And uh, love that. the Hectic Cakes was a good time. They didn't fit into our restaurant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. We'll just finish on this. We walked up to... About a month ago, Thomas is like, oh, where should we eat? And I'm like, oh, steak place, easy. He's like, oh, I'll find a place. SK, what is it called? Yeah, SK, Steak and Oyster in Brisbane. So we're coming out from the Luke Lehman potty, which was a fucking laugh. And we, we rock up, we're driving around trying to find a park. And we drive past the restaurant. I'm like, that's not where we're eating. No fucking chance. Oh, it's like all dim lit. I look in the window, there's a pianist there and a, a live singer. There's a Waitresses violinist. and waiters are wearing suits and suits ties, and ties and bow ties. ties. And we rock up wearing itch pig tops, fucking baggy tees, wearing, baggy yeah, shorts. I was wearing basketball shorts, itch pig top and Birkenstocks. And we walk in and they hold us at the front of the restaurant for like three minutes. I'm like, oh, they're not going to let us in. And then they're like, yeah, come to us. And we walk through the restaurant, past every patron, past the piano, past the violin, past the chefs, back corner, dimly lit. Naughty corner. Curtains closed. <laughs> Don't look at this fucking group of idiots that have just walked in. And we're sitting out the back slamming steaks. It was unreal. The mutts. Yeah, the, yeah 100%. But then we started ordering and they knew we came in heavy. Yeah. As, you, right. as you said, as long as you got cash, they don't care. Right. <laughs> Money talks. Thank you, Incredible. boys. Incredible. Thank, Thank you for you having very us. Much. Catch Catch been great. Thank you so much for listening to the Zero Podcast. If you want more information, head to our Instagram, zero underscore weakness. Hit the link in the bio for all of our services and any information on upcoming workshops and events. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review so we can have a broader reach and answer more people's questions. Thank you once more.